Hello and welcome to episode one of Hearsay, uh, the podcast about justice by students of justice. Uh, my name is Toby Reed. I am the criminal justice teacher at Attleboro High School. Uh, and here's the thing, COVID changed a lot of stuff. Um, it changed the way we teach, it changed the way we assess, it changed a lot of things. And uh, for the seniors who have been in my program for three years, it changed the way we could do their final project. Um, normally we do all sorts of things that we can't do anymore due to the fact that we have split classes and remote teaching and social distancing rules and stuff like that. So one of the things we're doing is this podcast. Um, this is an attempt for me to just sit down and have a conversation with uh, my students one at a time, uh, get to know what they've thought about over the last couple of years, um, what they've learned, what they liked, what they didn't like, um, and that'll be kind of their final assessment. So today we have with us Miss Maggie Skitt. Hello, Maggie. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Uh, I will say that I have been teaching for 22 years and Maggie is singularly the only student I've ever had who I've had for four years straight. <laughs> because in your freshman year, you were dumped into my personal safety class. Yes. And then, as a, and then I had you for sophomore, junior, and senior year in criminal justice. So you are it out of the thousands and thousands of students that I've had as, uh, over the last 22 years. You're the only one who I've had for four years straight. So congratulations. I'm happy to stand out. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that's something to be proud of or not. <laughs> so uh, just give us a little bit of your background. Who, who is Maggie Skit? Um, well, I'm 18. I'm born and raised in Attleboro. Um, I don't know, there's like not much about me. Oh, I've been dancing since I was five years old. What type um, I've done hip hop, ballet, lyrical, contemporary, jazz, musical theater. So all of them. Basically, yeah. Any particular favorites? Uh, definitely lyrical and contemporary. I don't know what lyrical is. Um, it's basically, con it's like a mix of ballet, jazz and contemporary all in one. Um, it's more similar to contemporary than anything else though. And is contemporary the same as modern? Uh, it's basically the same, yeah. Like Isadora Duncan, Martha Graham stuff? Yes. Lots of body motion, body movement. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as you may or may not know, and as I'm sure all of the listeners would love to find out, I did take a class in modern in college. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I have flopped around on a stage before. Uh, yeah, luckily this was before everyone had cell phones in their pockets and no, there is no video evidence of this ever to my knowledge. <laughs> All right, well, uh, and brother, sisters, any? I have two older brothers. Um, there's Cody and then there's Gary. And I was raised by my single mother. So yeah. Good. Uh, and so, Almost three years ago to the day um, you were, uh, or whatever, you were a freshman picking classes, uh, what made you select the program? Um, I definitely want to make a difference in people's lives. That's always been important to me, and it always will. And I want to make, like, I want to live a fulfilling life. 
And I don't know, just helping people would help me feel fulfilled, just knowing that I could make a difference in someone's life. And you thought the the program would help you work towards that goal? Yeah. Um, you know, there's like lots of different ways that you could potentially change someone's life or help them in some sort of way. And criminal justice is definitely one of them. You can obviously work in like legal stuff and or you could law enforcement. Um, there's just like a bunch of different ways. So. Yeah, no, social work, victims advocates, there's a ton of things, but like, you know, medical assisting and um, childcare, like those are both also uh, human services programs that help people. Yeah, actually medical was my second pick, so. <laughs> no surprise. Uh, yeah. I had, we had a, uh, a guy was leading us in professional development once years and years ago. Uh, and one of the things he, he said was, uh, as a teacher, keep your like planning book on your passenger seat because if you get pulled over by a police officer, chances are the police officer's married to or the son or a daughter of a teacher. <laughs> most police officers are married to nurses or teachers. Or so like the idea of helping people, I think, runs through medical assisting, child care, you know, teach education, uh, criminal justice. Uh, you know, that human services thing is a is a is a calling, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So now that you've been here for three years or so, um, who's you been your favorite guest speaker? There's been so many to choose from, um, but I'm going to have to go with the canines just because who doesn't love dogs? So. Um, people being bit by the dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been bit by my dog many times. He's a German Shepherd, um, okay. but I don't know. I That doesn't stop me. <laughs> so uh, Bristol County Sheriff's Office and their canine unit? Okay, well, that might stop me, but... <laughs> but they were your favorites? Yeah, probably. Uh, no surprise. Uh, they are usually a big, pretty big hit. So uh, special shout out and thanks to uh, the Bristol County Sheriff's Department's canine unit who have come in pretty religiously for the last five years and have done a great job and that was, I believe, October of your sophomore year. So uh, that was a long time ago, and obviously it still made an impression on you. Yeah. Uh, what's the what's the favorite project that we've done so far in like three years or so? Um, I really liked doing the Missy Hammond case. The investigation was my favorite part, like trying to figure out like all the different clues and stuff. Um, and preparing the trial was also really fun. Um, and my team won the trial, go to fence. Uh, but yeah, definitely that case and that project. Uh, so for your uh, legacy project, is that something you're thinking of kind of working on? Yeah, I think that would be really cool to like work on that. Um, the investigation stuff is kind of, I don't know, it's, there's something I think, um, I don't know if it's like built into our nature. <laughs> But like, there is kind of an obsession with these ideas of like justice and problem solving that I think uh, cut across a bunch of things, right? Like, it doesn't surprise me that like the most popular Netflix stuff is always like true crime stuff, mm -hmm. right? Like we like to learn about that stuff. We like to see it solved. We like the idea of people being brought to justice, right? Like we like these things. So like, 
you know, we read books, we watch TV, we, we do that sort of stuff. Um, other, uh, as a natural transition from there, are there any uh, Netflix shows or books or movies or TV shows you'd like to throw a plug out to? Oh gosh. Um, oh, last year when, like during uh, quarantine, you wanted us to watch the, um, oh, I can't think of the name of it. Yeah. Fernandez. Yeah, that was good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it wasn't good, but like, <laughs> it was interesting. It was fascinating, um, but it was terrifying. And as a yeah. parent, it was horrifying, right? The idea yeah. that like people can do that to a child and then like live with themselves um, was pretty awful. Mm -hmm. um, but the to to your point, the 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 Netflix series did a good job of dramatizing it and making it interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, what are your plans for post high school? Um, I'm definitely gonna go to college. Um, I'm still waiting back to hear from them. Um, in? I actually did get a few more in. Okay, a few more is not all, but that's better than no. I think I have four or five in total. Okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there's a few more that I have to apply to. And where's your, if you, if you get into all of them and money's not an object, where's your top choice? Northeastern. Or... Um, oh, I'm going to go in undecided. Okay. Um, and at this point, you're just going to see what's interesting, because you were also interested in, like, film and uh, that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, I almost went in uh, to a film school in New York. But I don't know. Then at the beginning of this year, I kind of had a mental breakdown low key and was like, I don't know. So now I'm stuck. And Mr. P told me to just go in undecided. So I'm just going to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Mr. P is a kind of smart guy. Um, <laughs> if he's listening to this, who knows? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think going in undecided, college is a great place. There's a lot of opportunities and you will find what you like. Um, you know, I went in as a criminal justice major knowing what I wanted to do, and I left as a criminal justice major not knowing what I wanted to do. And along the way, I took a class in modern dance. <laughs> so who saw that one coming? Uh, I certainly, as a high school senior, did not see that as an option for me. Um, <laughs> and I didn't even sign up for a class in modern dance. I signed up for a class in sculpture that that year there with the guest, the guest artist was uh, Beth Soul, the a dancer from MIT. Oh, wow. And so she was the guest instructor. And so we did weird modern dance stuff. Um, <laughs> it was so the thing with college is that there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of uh, internship opportunities, different classes. You'll find something. And if you don't, that's fine. You'll, you'll be OK. You're I hope so. You'll know what you're doing. <laughs> All right, so uh, you said you were interested in human trafficking. Yes. Yes. So uh, human trafficking is uh, kind of interesting. When I started teaching, I don't even think that was a term. Really? Like, it was a very, very, like, it's. it seems like in the last 15 years or so, it's become um, a much bigger thing. So when you say human trafficking, what do you, how do you interpret that? 
Um, it's mostly, mm, I can't say mostly. I don't know. It's like a lot of forced labor and then a lot of like sex trafficking. Um, yeah, just like forcing or coercing people into whatever they want them to do, whether it's the sex or the labor part. Yeah, so when I, I think when I started, the idea of like prostitution wasn't considered like human trafficking. It was just considered like prostitution. And we would try to like, you know, uh, culturally, especially in like the 90s when we were like tough on crime, uh, there was a lot of like arresting of prostitutes and uh, blaming them um, and not looking at the larger structures that forced them into that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. And over the last, I don't know, I'd say 15 or 20 years or so, the uh, cultural culture has changed and is viewing, um, and I, I will use the term women, and I know it's not all women, but you know, in the uh, the like trade industry as victims, not as willing participants, which I think is right. Like I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, but it has changed, I think, how culturally like human trafficking used to be like slavery and slavery was gone in the 1800s and we don't have that anymore. Um, but like, that's not true. Yeah, it's definitely not true at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I there's like between 20 and 30 million people that are like trafficked in some sort of way. And it's really, really bad. Is that globally? Yeah, globally. Yeah. Um, which is an astounding number. I, I think I read somewhere that like, there are more people trafficked now than there were during the height of chattel slavery. Yeah, um, I think I read somewhere that there was, oh, I forget the number, but yeah, there's definitely like a lot more today than there ever was before. Which I think blows people's minds because we think of human trafficking. I think a lot of people think of like chattel slavery and that was outlawed in 1865 it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Which isn't a thing. So why is this something that I think is interesting to you? Um, well, I mean, I know that like when you're young, well, regardless of your gender, but it's especially forced into like women and like, like girls, you need to be careful of like strangers, stranger danger, don't talk to strangers. And, it's heavily enforced in society. Um, and it's just a massive, I'm so sorry about my dogs. Um, it's a massive issue and it isn't going away and it needs to. And there's definitely ways to prevent it. Um, so yeah. Um, but when you talk about like that, and I, I you know, I have two little kids, you know, we talk about stranger dating and stuff like that. But even with like human trafficking, a lot of it isn't strangers. A lot of it's people that you know and trust and love. Yeah, that is very true. So it'll be like, you know, uh, a boyfriend or a relative or someone who, you know, 
asks you to do something as a favor or for a friend, and then it turns into something much, much worse. Yeah. <laughs> My dogs will not stop. <laughs> they heard you talking about the canine officers, and they're like, we count two. Um, so you mentioned prevention. Like, what types of prevention do you think are legitimate for the reduction of, of trafficking? Um, definitely, um, trying to help with like poverty. Can you hear me over my dogs? I can. Okay, good. Um, so <laughs> definitely like helping with poverty, uh, just getting people out of poverty and housing people, um, educating people, um, and just like trying to give people equal opportunities that like people that graduate high school and people that have jobs, you know, like giving everyone like equal opportunities. Yeah, I, I spent some time in Thailand and Cambodia um, with a group of teachers back in 2005. And then my wife and I went to Thailand for um, our honeymoon and I was back in Cambodia somewhere after around 2008 as well. And like, obviously trafficking is huge there. Um, it's a big, big problem. And, you know, one of the, as you mentioned, one of the ways that happens is um, people go to the country and they find some girl and they go to her family and they say, we have a job for her in the city. Uh, she will work as a, as a uh, waitress in our restaurant and she will make a lot of money and she will send money back to you. Um, and you will you will no longer have to work in this farm anymore and we'll buy we will we will buy her from you um and you know we'll pay you you know a couple thousand dollars and she can pay back that um that loan or whatever uh and then eventually she'll be making a profit and she'll give you the money and moms and dads are like that sounds awesome that sounds like a great opportunity for my daughter and then there is no restaurant right like mm -hmm. they just bring her in and turn her out as a prostitute and she owes them money. So then they also charge her for where she lives and she's never able to pay off her debt. Um, and eventually they just sell her um, and it's bad. And so, yeah, I mean like poverty is, I think at the heart of part of these issues, right? Yeah, definitely. And so do you think there needs to be any education educational component to this? Yeah, I feel like, um, oh, like probably like girls or even like boys that also get trafficked. Um, a lot of them like drop out of high school or just like, like they just aren't as educated. Um, and maybe they like, they're runaways as well from like their families. Um, so they're just like looking for ways to help themselves. It's like a survival instinct. Um, but yeah, so like trying to keep people in school and like graduate. And so like, uh, as you said, I think, I think trauma informs a lot of this. Mm -hmm. And so people who are, uh, have trauma in their background, especially people who are abused um, or poverty or uh, food insecurity or homing insecurity, um, it 
adds a lot of stress to people. Yeah. Um, and then they're more inclined to like do things. Mm -hmm. They might not. Um, anything else you've found out about the topic while you were looking into it or researching it? Um, so there's this organization that um, they work to find children that have been trafficked and it's called Thorn. And it was founded by Aston Kutcher and Demi Moore. And they just create technology to help find children faster. And the technology is called Spotlight. Um, and it's used in the US and in Canada. Um, and yeah, so they're just making like a lot of efforts to help find children that have been trafficked. Uh, a thorn, T-H-O-R-N? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, this is, I, I knew that Ashton Kutcher was involved in this, uh, this topic. I didn't know about this particular thing. Um, I'm on their webpage now, which is thorn.org. Mm -hmm. Um, what is the, what's, how does spotlight work or would you know? Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I know that law enforcement officers use it and, um, 60% of critical search time is saved when they use spotlight when searching for children and i think they find like an average of like 10 kids per day usually it, i'm on their webpage now it says 10 kids reach daily <laughs> so you are exactly right on that okay um, so you don't know you don't know how it works yeah i'm not exactly sure how it works okay um, I can request a demo. So yeah, it, um, it does look like a law enforcement thing. Do you have any idea if Attleboro uses it? I actually don't know. I think that it would be interesting to find out if we do. Yeah, I'll, uh. I'll see if, you know, next time I'm, if I talk to the chief or something, I'll, or any of the officers, maybe I can have ask, uh, ask our SRO here. Yeah. Um, if we have that sort of stuff. The uh, um, detective today, who's our juvenile detective, he, he would certainly know. Um, if not, it might be something. I might, uh, it says request a demo. I might request a demo and see if they can talk to the class about us, about it at some point. Okay. Uh, do you know anything about else about them or the organization at all? Um, not really. I found out about it um, because this YouTuber that I watch, she makes a lot of videos on like human, like true crime and like all that kind of stuff. And she always promotes the organization. So that's how I know about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't really know too, too much about it. Um, what's the YouTuber? Uh, Kendall Ray. And what is her general topic then? Um, yeah, so she does a lot of, um, true crime videos. So like, and, um, people that have gone missing, she does videos on them, trying to give them like attention to try to solve their case and try to find them. Um, yeah. 
um, so bigger than just so not all human trafficking ideas, but people who have been lost or neglected. Yeah. Um, sorry, distracted because I'm on the Thorn website. Uh, <laughs> um, and so we, we talked a little bit about prevention um, and a little bit about education. What about, uh, what should the justice system do for victims of, of this? Um, definitely be empathetic towards them because they're, they've gone through a traumatic experience. Um, and they should pass like laws to try to protect them more, like protect vulnerable people, like groups of people. Um, yeah. Well, what, what would you say to someone who says that like, and let's not, we're not talking about like children. Um, let's take a, a 24 year old person who is involved in the sex trade. And, you know, the argument is that's illegal and they're doing something illegal. Shouldn't they be punished for doing something illegal? Um, no, I, in that case, I don't think so because there's obviously like a reason why, like, this person obviously was either forced into it or coerced and they were, if they were coerced, they were told that they would have like all these nice opportunities for them. They'd get money, they'd have protection, they'd have shelter. Um, so it's not their fault that they were trafficked. It's never the victim's fault that they were trafficked. So I don't think it's fair to punish someone that is trafficked. Oh, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. How far does that go? Mm. I'm, I'm not sure. Right. Like, so like if I steal because I'm a, addicted to heroin, um, should I be held accountable for that? Because I'm an addict. It's not my fault. Um. I feel like if you're addicted to heroin, you should be like help to deal with that addiction. And uh, like, what do you steal? But I, well, so but I still stole. Like, so is the crime? Should the crime and the reasons for the crime be dealt with separately, or should they be looked at as a as a as a thing as a unit? Um, as a unit, I guess. Right, I, I, there is no, I'm not trying to trick you. There's, I don't think there's an easy right or wrong answer here, right? Like it gets really complicated really quickly, right? So now you're yeah. in the idea of like, what is justice, right? Like, is it equity? Is it equality? Is it, is it fair? What does it mean, right? So like, you know, if I, um, if I, fell and broke my leg and the doctors prescribed me oxycodone as a pain medication. It's not my fault. I broke my leg and it's not my fault that I have pain. And then I become addicted to it. And then I, I 
the doctors aren't prescribing it to me anymore, but I'm an addict. And now I go out and I find it on the streets and then things get worse. Like, uh, you know, ultimately is it like, you know, maybe it's the drug company's fault, but like, if I steal something, if I break into your house and take something from your house, um, you know, we can't punish the drug company for that theft. Yeah. And you as the victim of the theft, aren't going to be like, it's cool. He's, it's not his fault. Yeah. But it, and it is my fault, (laughs) (laughs) but it's also a thousand other things. Yeah. Right. And so I think as, as, as a justice system, I, I think it's unclear sometimes like what the right thing to do is. I think it's easy to say you did something illegal, therefore you're punished. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, we could live in that type of system and it, and it would be effective in one way. Uh, I think it would possibly reduce crime. Um, but it wouldn't deal with the root of the problem. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't. Yeah, you need to like, I think that justice, you should look at like the whole issue and based on like the other reasons why they might have committed the crime, you should try to help them like with that reason um and just try to prevent it from happening again and so to your earlier thing like for human trafficking like if you want to prevent human trafficking you shouldn't create laws that deal with human trafficking you should deal with poverty i i feel like to battle human trafficking you would need to do multiple steps all at the same time so also creating laws to like protect them um but definitely try to solve like help with poverty and that's the that's the tricky part right like how do you attack crime at the root cause as well as dealing with the effect of the actual crime right like as a victim when you break into my house i want you punished for breaking into my house uh right if you hurt my family member i want you punished for hurting my family member i don't care why you did it or what the root cause of it was um i want you to begin to be punished um but if we want to prevent crime in a long term maybe we do need to look at the at the root yeah and balancing those is difficult especially when money and time are finite definitely is uh the the way i was about to phrase this question uh was about to come out terribly wrong so let me see if i can rephrase it real quickly uh (laughs) is working with like victims of human trafficking or working to prevent it is that something that you're interested you might be interested in doing for a living um I definitely want to be involved in the issue. Um, I'm not entirely sure if I want to do that for a living, though. I think it's definitely one of my options. Because, um, like, it sounds like to your earlier point about, like, working to help society and help people, like, that sounds like the 
the type of job you would do if you wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. It also sounds like it could be emotionally heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, you should reach out to, to Thorne and see if uh, they do internships or I don't even know where they're located. Um, it says there's a place to get involved, although it looks like it's just a merch store. <laughs> um, oh no, you can find a local organization. Uh, you can keep learning, you can be an advocate um, and fight for the various laws and that sort of stuff. So I think there's a lot of things people can do, not just directly working with victims, but they could, they could email their legislature and tell them what what laws they want to see on the books to deal with the root causes as well as helping victims and stuff like that. Um, it is it is a fascinating topic. Uh, there is a lot I think to to go into there. Yeah. Um, so, anything else you'd like to add about that particular topic? Um, not that I can think of. Okay. Um, so, I guess my last question is, why should we care about Maggie's kit? <laughs> um, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think everyone's different in their own way. Um, and I'm very... I'm definitely different. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I have a funky personality. So why should we care about you? I don't know. This is, I was not expecting this question. It's not written down on the pre-questions, was it? Nope, not at all. And now everyone who listens to this, if they listen all the way to the end, will know that this question's coming. You are the first. <laughs> oh, this is the well, I, I think that we should care about Maggie Skit because I think Maggie Skit is a good, kind person. Uh, and as a, are you 17 or 18? 18. 18. Uh, as an 18 year old woman, uh, you have a ton of potential to give to this place. Uh, and, you know, I don't think you're going to settle for just being okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that. Uh, the world is a better place because Maggie Skid is in it. Oh, stop. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> you can do that. I'll just edit that part out. Um, <laughs> so any uh, any last words, anything you'd like to add, remove? Um, it. I think I think this is good. OK. I think this is good. That's a that's a good way to end. I hope it's good. <laughs> it's good. All right, well, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for having uh, me. I hope it wasn't too terrible. Yeah, it, it was a little stressful, uh, especially being the first one. But it, it was a lot better than my anxious, anxiety-filled mind was expecting it to be. <laughs> Until the dogs started. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the dogs. Uh, I was not happy about that. Well, uh, if uh, people are still listening, smash that subscribe button. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Pocket. I don't know if we're on iTunes yet, but we will be soon. Um, so uh, I hope people will continue to listen in the future. So uh, we will spend some time with uh, each 
senior um, over the course of the next few weeks. And hopefully you will uh, learn something about your peers and uh, the program and what we've been learning and what we've been doing and stuff like that. So uh, thank you, Maggie, for being the first person. Um, and I know it was a random selection, so you didn't really choose it, but thanks for being a good sport about it. Thank you for having me. All right. This is Hearsay, and I thank everyone for listening.